All right, hello and welcome. Hello. I'm Heather. And I'm Laura. We're sweet, sweet death. <laughs> We're barely pulling it off this week again. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out things are expensive right now. And yeah. as much as we wanted to get that box, you know, we've been very vocal about how poor we are. We got new cords. Though, so we got new cords. Doesn't seem to be helping. No, it hasn't done <laughs> shit. It's, it's bad. Uh... But yeah, we, we both talked payday. This is it. It's yes. happening. We're finally going to do it. Fuck it. And then, uh, oh, I had to buy plane tickets for my oh. kid to go to California. So that was like 400 bucks. And then I had to get her, I wanted to sign her up for a summer camp, just something to do. Yeah. So like pretty quickly after she gets out of school, she'll go to the summer camp and it's only five days, right? But it's like from nine to five basically. Yeah. And that was still like 300 bucks. Oh, geez. Yeah. The overnight. Is, yeah. What is it for? Like, what is it's it? actually at UCCS. Oh. So it's just going to be um, just kids hanging out and doing stuff, oh, nice. some swimming, like oh, just, fun. yeah, yeah just kid like... stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> well, she's like a, you know, she was a tween. So it's that awkward stage of where most everything is for kids, like yeah. 10 and under. <clears throat> and then um, uh, the teen camps, she's not quite old enough for. So there's just like very few things for her to do um, unless she's in sports and she's not a sport kid. She'd really yeah. rather not. <laughs> <laughs> but like she loves art, music, stuff like that. So, yeah, huh. I got to get Sounds on it. Fun. Yeah. Right? It's like, I want to go to camp. I know. I only ever got to go to Christian camps. So. Dude, same. <laughs> I literally did not know that there were other camps existed that were not religious camps. Like, <laughs> honest to God, had no clue. Just because it's, we always went to them. Yeah. I think I remember us, like, I don't know if we talked about it on here, but, like, sharing those fucking crazy stories of just, like... Like, you having to go in the circle, I remember. I and, think like, I did talk about yeah. that on here, because... Yeah, the yeah. Christ and Youth Conference. Because I'm shattering that mirror in front of me. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the glass for me ever. I will never forget that. Like, I feel uh, like I'll be 80 years old and think about that. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I know that there's other crazy stories, but, like, I just can't yeah. think of any. It, it, it's all so insane when you think about it. <laughs> like, when you come out of it, it's like your head is coming out of the clouds. You're yeah. like, whoa, there's this whole world out here. <laughs> oh, my God. There is a movie on Hulu. Son of a bitch. You need to watch it immediately. It's called Fresh. Fresh? Have you heard of it? No. (laughs) Laura. What is it about? It's so perfectly up your alley. So, like, it's got that Sebastian Son guy in it. Yeah. You know who he is? Yeah. I had to be, it had to be explained to me. Um, But, so he's in it and then some other chick. But she, like, I don't know, I don't want to spoil too, too much. Mm -hmm. So I'll give, like, a very basic description they have a very quick whirlwind romance. They're hooking up really fast. And then he kidnaps her and then terrible things start to happen. Whoa. So you got to just watch it. I know okay. that's like major. It's not major spoiler. You figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but like it, there's, there's okay. a lot okay. more going on to that. It's like I'll a thriller. It. It's quasi horror. And like, but I mean, obviously I handled All right. it. All right. First interruption happened now. <laughs> yes. But the movie fresh, dude. Okay. Because this one girl at work, she was like, she told every single person, like, individually, you need to go see Fresh. And then, like, to someone else, <laughs> you need to go see Fresh. Like, every single person. And then, so I was like, okay, my duty is to go home yeah. and wa- I have to watch this Is that this the girl movie. who reads a lot? Or? Yes, it is, oh, actually. Okay. Oh, my God. How did you know? <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like. There was an intuition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because of how precise she was. Like, you need yeah. to go watch Fresh. <laughs> and you need to go watch Fresh. Um, uh, incredible. Like, okay. It's like. 
it will at least have a huge cult following. Like this Yay. is a cult classic. Okay. I already know. So I'll watch it with my sister today. You should. It's you. so okay. fucking good, dude. <laughs> so that when the scene happens and you'll know what scene it is, I want you to text <laughs> okay. me. Oh my God. I just saw the scene. Okay. Okay. I will. I went and saw the new Batman. <gasps> I'm seeing it today. Oh, Did you really? love it? Dude, it was so good. Nice. I, it was like really long. Obviously, I, okay, so have you heard it's three hours long? I have. Yeah, so I was worried that it was going to feel like, I don't know how you know some movies feel like they're kind of like dragging on. or like Three hours feels like is, five hours. Yeah. Yeah. But it felt like everything was like actually important in it. And nice. Yeah, it was really good. It was fun. Robert Pattinson, Pattinson. is so fucking weird. He is. He's grown on me over yeah. the years. For sure. It was funny because uh, Dylan kept calling him fucking Edward Pattinson. <laughs> like on purpose or like not By on purpose? accident. Ah. I was like, his name is Robert. <laughs> uh, there's a dude that worked for like maybe a week or... All right, I can't get rid of that sound. But all right, there is a dude that worked um, for about two weeks before I didn't realize he was like in the process of quitting. So like I show up there, he's really cool, we're hanging out. And then one day they're like, okay, let's have enjoy your life. You know, we'll, uh-huh. maybe we'll see you later. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> What's happening? I kept calling him Matt. And one of the girls, I didn't realize she was dating him until like right before, I think it was like after he'd left. Because yeah. he came in one day with like, two red bulls one for him and one for her and i was like well that's weird not thinking about it and then they like kiss goodbye and i'm like oh (laughs) because i'd even told her like yeah man i was watching you two talk and i thought boy i bet he really likes her (laughs) it's like well yeah because they like live together um but i keep calling him matt and i don't want to say his real name but even when we were talking about him just a couple weeks ago I was like, oh, yeah, isn't, wasn't that like a story Matt told? And she was like, oh, oh, you mean blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry because we talked extensively about how that wasn't his name. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Don't you worry. I won't do it again. Yeah. Instantly called him Matt. That is not <laughs> his name. Like, it's not even, it doesn't even start with an M. Really? It's what? Even, it's not. Why? It, do I don't know. <laughs> he looks like a Matt. I thought he was Matt. That's he looks funny. like a Matt. I'm going to maintain he should be called Matt. There's actually a kid who works at my shop, and is Matt is his name. Is that okay to share? I don't know. He's, uh, he's underage, so I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, the other morning, you can believe it. Well, I guess people will figure it out. But anyways, his name's Matt. And sure. uh, Bob like, is one of those people at work. Oh, we'll have to believe that out. Too. <laughs> um, but when the kid came in, he likes to, like, yell at people and be like good morning laura good morning whoever so he walks in and then he's like good morning michael oh my god and then (laughs) the kid's like uh my name's matt oh shit it was so funny though i was like laughing i was like wow that's awkward yeah you're like oh how long have they been working together uh not long like the kid's been working with us for like Three weeks or something like that. I think that's long enough. Yeah. I'm like, you should know his name. <laughs> I mean, I you should. He, you know, I worked with that guy for two weeks yeah. and thought he was Matt. <laughs> I felt like that whole story is really confusing how I told it. So No, that's okay. We're keeping it in. Um, <laughs> okay. There was a story I read online. It was so funny where this girl was talking about how um, she had lived next door to this guy for a year and had him in her phone as Steve. 
And then she learned the hard way that his dog's name was Steve <laughs> and that his name was like Robert or something. That's so funny. That oh is, I think, the reigning champion. Him that? And he's like, why does she keep calling me my dog's name? Or it just, she and she even said, she was like, he was in my phone as Steve. Like, <laughs> I thought his name was Steve. Wow. That is a, that's an embarrassing yeah. one. Yeah. That's so funny. I wonder if it was like one night she's laying there like, oh yeah, what was his name again? And then you just like. Oh, I, bet, I, just, I heard her call for Steve. It's probably Steve. <laughs> like, oh, his girlfriend, yeah. you know. Whoops-a-daisy. That's funny. You know how when I worked at that bike place, I let them call me Lauren for oh, like yeah. <laughs> two months. <laughs> I had too much anxiety to tell them. I don't know what's wrong with Yeah, me, I get you there. <clears throat> Dude, communication is hard. I was listening to this um, NPR thing. Shoot, I don't remember. It was might have been Hidden Brain or like just like a Terry Gross thing. But she was interviewing this lady that studies communication yeah. just in general, you know, almost like a sort of like a psychologist, I guess. But... Um, watch she'll probably be a psychiatrist but she recorded a conversation because she had people from she's from new york so she is she knows she talks faster she knows she talks over people it's like that quintessential sort of new york trademark of i'm loud and i'm here and i'm making my point and then she had people in from the west coast who you know by and large don't really operate new york is like its own thing anyway you know but just the differences in communication. Since she had these people over for dinner, she recorded the conversation and she was like, I was horrified with how I actually sounded to other people because she was asking this guy questions. And she was like, I don't know why I did this. I asked him these rapid fire questions. Boom, boom, boom. Where are you from? What do you do? What do you do for work? Did you go to school? Like, boom. Yeah. Like, it almost felt like an interrogation. <laughs> she was like, I don't know why I did that. And then she also made notice of the fact that if there was a lively conversation, because they were like playing a game or something, and if a New Yorker's point of, like their voice wasn't heard, they would attempt up to seven times to like, hey, no, I had a thing. Hey, I had a thing to say. Hey, I had a thing to say. And she said the West Coasters, after one attempt, would give up. They'd be like, (laughs) we're done. We can't do it. And I was like, holy fuck. I do that. Yeah. Because I just assume, oh, well, okay, fuck my, I'll go fuck myself. But, like, <laughs> yeah. I take it so personally, I know. instantly. I do the same thing. I was like, okay, well. Yeah. But I loved that point of, like, oh, my God, I need to, like, I fuck this. From now on, I'm going to make an attempt to, like, whenever I don't get heard. Multiple not, times. Yeah. Because, you know, they felt like they had a, yeah. something worth saying. So it's like, I need to fucking feel, yeah. I have something worth <laughs> saying, too. Um. But we also grew up in a very conservative household where it was like, I don't know, like, don't raise your voice. This is a respectful home. (laughs) I'm making it sound like I grew up in, like, 1890s. I did not. (laughs) But, like, just... We only whisper it. Yeah. (laughs) Three-inch voices. (laughs) Women should be seen and not heard. No, we we didn't have that kind of house. (laughs) But, um, I don't know, no talking back, don't interrupt, that's rude, yeah. like, shit like that, you know, so when I get interrupted, I do take it very yeah. personally, but it's, like, my upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I don't, I feel bad, though, because sometimes I feel like I'll think someone is done talking, yes. and then I go to talk, and then I'm, like, interrupting them, and then they're like, oh, no, go ahead, and then I'm like, uh, uh and yeah. then I just feel like a fucking asshole, but I feel yeah. like I try to be better about that but yeah well and then for me when my brain goes on overload it shuts down it's like a just a white blank page yeah and it's like 
I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't, I can't reach that far back. It's done. It's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I wanted to tell you cause I already yes. told you about everything with one of my coworkers or, yeah. or all, whoever. which is insane by yeah, the way. They're all fucking crazy. Just crazy old people. But then after all of this, that night I get a text. I made you vegan. Tin bean soup. I'm bringing it tomorrow with bread that I freshly baked. It's vegan as well. And then, like, I was forced to eat this fucking soup the next day. Like, it's ready. It's ready. By the same person that's been giving you trouble at work? Yes. I am so sorry. Was it good? It was okay. It just tasted like normal, like, I don't know. It wasn't like anything like, oh, wow. It's like amazing. Yeah. Like I had like a little cup of it. And I was like, okay, I'm like, good. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> how annoying. Yeah. We should talk about real quick because we did not talk about how delicious that breakfast was last oh, week. Like, yeah, it was I so loved it. good. Because um, I think people really discount the Beyond Meats, the meat alternatives. Yeah. Dude, they have upped their game tremendously. Yeah. It is fucking delicious it browns like because we did like you know tacos so like we just browned the quote-unquote ground beef yeah and it was it browns it's fucking tasty as shit so did you did you finish off that shit last week i did i felt bad because like as soon as i got into my house i got like tortilla chips and then i was just like (laughs) like eating it like crazy because it was like a honey badger and then uh my sister texted me she's like did you save me any of that breakfast because she's just crazy and always wants me to feed her and i was like no, there wasn't any leftover. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Cause, uh, yeah, she totally could have like had a taco or two, but no, I couldn't help myself. Excuse me, I made it for yeah. us. <laughs> okay. Um, did you did you end up trying to make more with those eggs? No. I oh haven't. shit. Don't I don't forget. know. They're still good. I was looking at them like yesterday in the fridge. I was like, I wonder if these are still good. So I was thinking about making like breakfast or something. What if you made French toast? Oh, that's a good idea. Right? That's like yeah. easy. You don't have to f- scramble it. Yeah. yeah. I have been, I worked out like every day last week. Good and for you. I've been eating healthier. So I've been trying, I've been trying not to eat like too crazy, you know, because I feel like if I eat like French toast or things that are like really carby yeah. or things like that, like I just, it like unlocks something in me and then I'm like, I, I'm about to go crazy. But yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I it, The same thing happens to me because when it's like. Oh, it's a cheat day. Suddenly, yeah. girl, it's real bad. Oh, that reminds me. So not yesterday, but the day before, it was like I wanted like a little cheat meal because I'd done good all week. And I had been seeing this thing like the joint street or street food or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like vegan. And they used to be a food truck or I think they still are, but they've been renting out a kitchen at this place called Lulu's downstairs. Have you okay. ever been there? Mm-mm. Okay. We went there, and there's, I guess, like, the upstairs and the downstairs, and it was, like, oh, live music, like, downstairs and stuff like that, and it seemed, like, cool. Yeah. Where is Lou? It's, like, uh, whoa, I've never looked inside the can before. It has, it's like, got that carb. it's, like, a little carbonation thing. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> it's to, to keep it, like, foamy like a beer. That's I'm not. interesting. I think Guinness has the same thing in it. Really? Like, every Guinness has, like, a little, I think. Whoa. Yeah, I believe. I don't drink okay. Guin- Guinness <laughs> or beer 
My mind is blown. Right. Oh, so the place you were talking about, where okay. is it? The Lulu's? Um, so it's, you know where Emerald Fields is in Manitou? Oh, so yeah. So it's like that opposite direction, like towards Adam's Cafe and all okay. of that. Like kind of in between next to like the Ikno Lodge or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Anyways, so we get inside, we go into the upstairs part because I guess that's where they're like the kitchen and everything was. And it's like the weirdest fucking place. It's like literally like the wood on the walls, like crazy wallpaper. It looks like it's straight out of the fucking 70s. It smells like fucking cigarettes. All right. There's like a globe on the ceiling. And then there's like this weird part where it's like these weird like rocks. I took a photo. I want to show you it. And then, like, there's, like, a captain's wheel or what, sure. what is it called, you know? Yeah, like a big ship wheel. Yeah, like, a yeah. ship wheel. And then there's, like, sand and then more rocks. And then on top of the sand above these rocks, just two lamps. Whoa. What the and fuck? The <laughs> Dylan and I were looking. We're like, oh, what the fuck is this place? It was so weird. So then we, like, order the food. And there was, like, okay, like, maybe, like, the whole bar was full with like maybe like four couples, then another couple over there, and then us. Yeah. And we're like waiting for our food, like waiting. And I'm like, you don't think all these people are waiting for their food, do you? Because they were like, we'd been already waiting for like 30 minutes. He's like, no. He's like, they're just like having drinks and stuff. I was like, yeah, okay. Uh-oh. And then all of a sudden she like comes and like sets something down in front of one of them. And I was like, oh God. I was like, they're waiting for their food. <laughs> I was like, they s- still, none of them have their food. I was like, we're going to be here so long. Yeah. I felt like we literally waited like an hour just for, we both split a fucking fried chicken sandwich that was vegan yeah. and then like no animal fries. Yeah. And it took like a fucking hour, like almost Holy maybe shit. longer. And then it like wasn't even that good. Damn it. So then I was like so let down. I was like, well, at least we can go downstairs and watch live music. So we like go downstairs and then this guy stops the thing. He's like, whoa, 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 do you have tickets? You're like, what? Like, no. He's like, it's $20 a piece. And then we're like, uh, oh, no, okay. Like, yeah. Like, I we already ate that, that shitty food. We're <laughs> yeah. not giving this place any more money. <laughs> yeah. So then we left and we're like, well, that, that was. <laughs> that was that. Yeah. But yeah, so. yeah, fuck him. Um, I don't know. We're going to eat out tonight because we're going to see the Batman, um, and it's at one, which means we'll probably be getting out at like five or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know where we're gonna eat it's Sunday night. Oh fuck! At least there's good shit up there. There's that Yuka Cafe, that Filipino place, and I love it so much. I've never even heard of that. Um. I don't know how much vegan stuff they'd have. They might have, they have like little pastries. They have like really good drinks. Um, their food is so fucking good, dude. I'm. What is it? It's called Yuka Cafe. Yuka? It's, yeah, Yuka. Do you know where that like honey baked ham thing is? Or there's like Oh, a, yeah, I know where. It's kind of in that same Target-ish okay. area, but it's closer to like right where you turn. It's like by the, that liquor store and all that? There is. There's area? like a, a Asian buffet over there. There's like okay, a... Okay, yeah, I know. Not a Quiznos. What is the... Royalty. Oh, shit. Okay. I don't know. But there's like a smoke shop nearby. There's... I think it's the same area, but because there's like the Target, Joanne's, all that. Is yeah, that Joanne's, area? but it's still like okay. further. It's on the southern part of that uh, parking okay, lot. Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, hmm. it's dude, it's so good. But I, I don't know how much vegan shit they would have yeah. for you. Oh fuck, it's so good. I'll look okay. it up. Yeah, sorry. All right, don't mean to throw it in your face. Um, <laughs> okay, well, did we want to just get started? Yeah. So I think did you go first last time? I think I did, yeah. Okay. My story's shorter, so, so. mine's pretty fucking long. All right, so. I apologize. Um <laughs> well it like I went down this fucking rabbit hole dude of shit. So I'm sorry. So we're in North Dakota this week. 
I am so sorry. North <laughs> Dakota is bullshit. Yeah. There's nothing happening in North Dakota. Maybe there is. But the internet just a, does a poor job of yeah. giving you that information. <laughs> so I was reduced. But I'm still really happy I did it because I think it actually turned out to be more interesting than I thought. Right. Well, for me, maybe not <laughs> yeah. for other people. But there is a, a statue in front of the American Natural History Museum in New York of Te- Teddy Roosevelt. And it's being moved eventually in the next couple of years to North Dakota. It's being hmm. relocated. Um, because Teddy Roosevelt actually spent a bit of time in North Dakota playing a cowboy or whatever. So it got me into Teddy Roosevelt, kind of his life just a little bit, but not necessarily like his presidency and his life, more of his thoughts on the world. And then it just put me into, in a general sense of the statue removals that we're kind of seeing the messaging behind it, why that's important. And like that it's, it's not necessarily about history. It's about putting certain people up on a pedestal. Okay. Anyway, so (laughs) Teddy Roosevelt and the statues. Um, So to many, Teddy Roosevelt is one of the greatest presidents of all time. He became the 26th president after the assassination of William McKinley. Uh, He loved violence and boasting about himself and other white people. Uh, Let's see. Uh, To others, he's an oppressive figure, though, which has quite a bit of weight behind it. In New York City in 2020, the American Museum of Natural History decided to remove a statue in which Teddy Roosevelt is writing really strong. Like, he's got these fucking, like, bulging biceps, you know? He's, like, ripped. He is fucking shredded. Um, He's up on a horse, and behind him, on not on a horse, just, like, behind him, down on the ground is a generic-looking Plains Native American Indian and then another, like, black man that sort of looks like a Maasai warrior, but they didn't really do very much research into, like, what type of, like, African tribe they were representing. Anyway, so they're standing, and it, it seems kind of like... It seems innocent enough, but... I'll really get into, like, why the statue is not that innocent. Um, So he did grow up as a little rich boy on Manhattan, where he and his siblings bathed in the wealth of their family's real estate businesses, their banking. Uh, They were a part of the West India Sugar Companies. They imported window glass, and I guess that got them fucking loaded. Hmm. So Roosevelt's, um, I think his descendants, or he is a descendant of Klaus Roosevelt from like (laughs) the 1700s coming over to America. Um, So most historians agree that Roosevelt had an inflated ego, as rich people tend to do. Not just rich people, rich white people tend to do. Like, he actually really reminded me a lot like kind of like Trump, you know, but I think he had way more game than Trump. Like he actually did shit. I mean, he like, yeah, I'll get into it. Okay. So they really just believed that they were bred better, but like they've been rich for a long time. This is like a dynasty, like an American dynasty, you know? Um, So this would probably explain Teddy Roosevelt's obsession with eugenics. And I will also get into that later. Um, So poor little Teddy, he was a sickly child um, and it did drive him to become an active person. I don't know if that cow howling is going to make it. To the <laughs> God damn it. Um, oh, fuck. So like <laughs> that piece of shit. Uh, so yeah, he, <laughs> I'm going to fucking shoot that cat. I'm going <laughs> to shoot him. Um, so he was encouraged to exercise daily. Like he wanted to get stronger and this sounds insane, but Teddy's father felt that being sick was a sin. So Teddy Roosevelt, yes, being sick was obviously a curse from God. For, I don't know. that That's like the way a lot of people thought, though. Like, if you were yeah. sick, it's probably because God fucking hates you. Um, so he worked his ass off to, like, not be a sinful, sickly little boy. 
Uh, and he actually wasn't expected to live long. Doctors kept telling his parents, like, he'll be dead any day now. You better Aww. just make him comfortable. But his dad, like, pushed him, like, you got to be fit. You got to do everything you can. He built a little gymnasium where he would spend literally, like, hours working out every day. Aww. Teddy Roosevelt. So, like, I will give it to him that the man had determination. Mm-hmm. Um, a weird thing to know, but definitely could have influenced him, was that his mother was a hardcore Southerner. So when the Civil War broke out, she was very pro-South. She had family members fighting for the Confederacy. So she begged her husband not to join the Union to kill people that she knew and loved. So I guess in the Civil War, you could buy a substitute for the war. So you could pay somebody to take your place. What? Because people, I think they were being drafted... So he oh. he just paid for somebody to take his place. And I guess that was a very common rich person thing to do of I will not be getting my hands dirty in this oh. war. Um, and I guess his father regretted it his whole life, not fighting in that war. And that could also explain like Teddy Roosevelt's, he just really loved violence. He was pretty violent. Yeah. Um, so he decided to get into politics after college and he did really, really well because he was so good at talking about himself. You know, he really was like a big self-promoter. So he would easily win people over and he was very likable. Um, okay, I promise this part of the story is important. So on February 14th, he lost his mother and his pregnant wife to typhoid fever. Um, the wife was right around nine months. So even in the middle of like just a fevered state, she delivered a baby. Um, but she died but Mm -hmm. the baby lived so he lost his mom and his wife on the same day and then is like standing there with his new baby of course he's very distraught he is in a depressive state and i don't blame him for but he does decide to fuck off to north dakota for a while so he just passes his baby off to his sister and is like i gotta go do a thing and just leaves so he's kind of a deadbeat dad for a little bit Um, In 1883, he blew a bunch of money on being a ranch guy, but not a cowboy. That was an important (laughs) distinction. Do not call them cowboys. So a trend in the day for rich white people was to go play at being a rancher with their wealth. This was like, you can see all these like prestigious rich white men on horses. They look ridiculous. Um, So all those years of working his ass off to be healthy really did pay off because he was pretty good at it. Like, I guess some of the regular ranchers around were like, They really respected him that Hmm. he actually, like, get his fucking hands dirty. So, again, respect. But, sadly for our friend, a big storm rolled through and killed most of his livestock. And I guess it resulted in almost financial failure for, like, the whole family. Um, But he did say, if it had not been for my years in North Dakota, I never would have become president of the United States. Hmm. So, okay, now we're getting into the ugly shit that Roosevelt did. Okay. So, and I think ugly is actually an understatement. He was a really big fan of white superiority because he grew up with the mindset of the Confederates, you know, he had a Confederate supporting Mm -hmm. mother. (coughs) I'm sure she had a lot to say about the South and people. And he thought eugenics was really great. Um, He truly believed that the poor, the criminals and the feeble minded should be sterilized. He said it on many occasions. And then he said that if white families didn't go make a bunch of white babies, they would be committing race suicide were his words so uh he regularly called those that weren't white inferior um despite this he made half decent efforts to acknowledge achievements over race like kind of sorta he was the first president to invite an african-american to the white house booker t washington who was also like pro-segregation though so i think people have mixed feelings about him um roosevelt would go on and a black man who was pro-segregation yeah but i mean it actually wasn't that uncommon at the time because Mm -hmm. they'd been 
it it had been so terrible for black people where it was like yeah if we could just if you could literally just leave us the fuck alone we'll have our own communities we'll stay away so there were some people that had that mindset and like i get it but it's still a little weird um well, at least, you know, yeah, from my perspective yeah. in 2022. <laughs> uh, Roosevelt would go on and on and on about judging people by their merits and then say shit like, as a race, they, black people, are altogether inferior to whites. So he would talk about merits and judging people based on their actions and be like, yeah, but we're just so much better than black people, right? <laughs> like, it was just very yeah. contradictory. Um, he also wrote years later that, quote, the great majority of Negroes in the South are wholly unfit for the suffrage unquote, and then that giving them voting rights would reduce parts of the South to the level of Haiti. So he just had no faith in people that were not white. Um, He also massively downplayed the roles of Buffalo soldiers who fought alongside him during the Spanish-American War. So at this point, America hates everything that's happening in Europe. So Cuba was under the control of Spain, and they didn't want to be any longer. And America was like, fuck yes, we're going to kick some European ass. And they decided to help Cuba. So when shit hit the fan and there was no word from leadership, so Roosevelt is there, which even them getting there was like a clusterfuck. Their ships ended up in the wrong spot. Horses were having to swim to shore. Like, it was just like a nightmare, the Spanish-American War, because, like, America wasn't fucking ready to help anybody. But uh, anyway, so Roosevelt's there. They're at the bottom of this hill. They're... There's no word from leadership. So Roosevelt, who's like a go-getter, he's a fucking motivating guy. He stupidly gets up on his horse and he demands his rough riders and everyone else to follow him to charge San Juan Hill. And the only reason he got out of that shit alive was because of the gallantry of Buffalo soldiers. Um, In a moment of what is recalled as the most integrated battle of the 19th century, um, 26 Buffalo soldiers died that day and one man received the Medal of Honor for it. To thank them all for their bravery and sacrifice for saving his ass, he was later to have said... Negro troops were shirkins, uh, shirkers in their duties and would only go as far as they were led by white troops. So he was a fucking peach, yeah. Teddy Roosevelt. Plus, this motherfucker, this is what it, remi- it reminds me of fucking Trump. He campaigned for himself so fucking hard to receive the Medal of Honor. What? He's not in the army. He's a volunteer, but he is demanding. He is writing constantly. Yeah. Like, I deserve the Medal of Honor. <laughs> what a fucking dick. And it reminds me of L. Ron Hubbard, the guy that created Scientology. Because, like, when he was in the Navy, his own ship blew up its own mast. And he got shrapnel for it and was, like, demanding the Purple Heart for it. He never <laughs> he never got the Purple yeah. Heart. Thank God. He never got any medals. Um, But, yeah, so it just it reminded me of, That's like, funny. Yeah. L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> I need a breath. (laughs) Okay. So this is another quote. And this isn't anything from anything specific about what I'm talking about, but it was randomly in my notes and I cannot leave it out because I like cannot believe he actually said this. Lori, you need to brace yourself. Oh God. I don't go so far as to think the only good Indian is a dead Indian, but I believe nine out of 10 are. And I shouldn't like to inquire too closely in the case of the 10th. The most vicious cowboy has more moral principle than the average Indian. Yeah, he said that. Oh my God. He's such a dick. Yeah. Okay, now keep Ew. that in your brain. Yeah. Right? He just said that. So he clearly had thoughts on Native Americans. But he, as a president, when he was president, decided to preserve 230 million acres worth of land for public works. That sounds great, right? 150 million acres of that was turned into national forests. Again, that sounds nice. Um, 
most of that land had already belonged to Native Americans, so they got kicked off their land again. So that's why it's yeah, not great. So, yeah. like, if you keep that in mind, it's like everything he says about Native Americans, like, the act doesn't seem so good. It doesn't really seem for the benefit yeah. of American people. It seems like just a just fuck so, you yeah. to Native Americans. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to assume that, like, the fact that they got kicked off their land just did not bother him in any way he's probably happy about it right he like signed it he probably clicked his heels on the way out the fucking office like i did it um he was also very open about undesirable people reproducing and really felt that the only only upstanding citizens should be reproducing um he was a huge supporter of eugenics as i've said before and if you're unfamiliar with eugenics it's an outdated medieval superstitious practice of validating discriminating uh, discrimination to lower classes of people that were almost all, always racially charged so its aim was slash is to allow only selective mating in order to reduce human suffering by breeding out disease so laws were passed on this thinking you know so it's not just as innocent as oh well people just thought this way back mm-hmm. then you know, a lot of suffering went along with this kind of thinking, especially when men of power have, like, really strong, ugly, dark feelings. So another person that was into eugenics was Adolf Hitler. He was really into that yeah. shit. So just important to remember yeah. some people in history who supported this kind of shit. Um, and also apparently John Harvey Kellogg. Oh. The Kellogg. Wow. The man that brought us cornflakes. <laughs> he organized the Race Betterment Foundation in 1911 and established a, pre- a pedigree foundation, and it hosted several conferences on eugenics. Hmm. So that's, that's just a fun fact. That's not really wow. anything Im- important. <laughs> well, it's a little important. Oh. Yeah. Um, I know it's not really to do with Teddy Roosevelt, but I think it's important when, like, you have the president of the United States spouting this shit. Like, you get people with those same ugly thoughts, yeah. now they get validation to come out and also say this kind of nasty, ugly shit. Um, you know, especially when people are so desperate to, like, be better than somebody else for inane differences such as skin color. Um, so from 1909 to 1979, because, again, laws are being passed, there were around 20,000 forced sterilizations in California alone. That was just, like, the only number I saw about, like, a specific um, that took place in mental hospitals. So literally sterilizing people in mental hospitals, all in the name of safety. Like, don't worry, we're keeping the public safe. That's why they can't reproduce. Um, 33 states allowed involuntary sterilizations. In 1927, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that forced sterilization of the handicap did not violate the Constitution because in the words of Supreme Court Judge Oliver Wendell Holmes, and I hope this is his legacy, said three generations of imbeciles is enough. So basically, you're too stupid to reproduce. I'm glad we snipped your balls. Fuck you. Um, the human race is garbage. I mean, thankfully in 1942, it was overturned, but that's a long time to go of just forcing people to do horrible shit to your body. Um, sorry. According to a 1976 government accountability office investigation, between 25 to 50% of native Americans were sterilized between 1970 and 1976 and thought that some, um, happened without consent. So in the words of Teddy Roosevelt, society has no business to permit denigrades to reproduce. I'm going to say that again. Society has no business to permit. Fuck. (laughs) Laura, I'm going to do it (laughs) one more time. (laughs) Society has no business to permit degenerates to reproduce. I said denigrates. Um, <laughs> because it's such a contest, contest. Oh, fuck, Laura. <laughs> shit. Hold on. 
I'm gonna pause this. I think uh, I think I need to smoke more weed. Hang on. Okay, I'm back. The most important thing being done. I just smoked, so we'll see how this goes. And just in time for the audio interface to start freaking the fuck out. Um, here we go. Okay, because it's such a contention. Oh no, contentious. <laughs> you want to know why? Because I wrote it down wrong in my story. Oh. A contentious issue. I put contention, and it kept fucking me up. Issue. Um, and this does have to do with the controversy around the removal of the statue, I feel, because that's what most of it's been around is pretty much the Confederate statues, you know, and even something as innocent seeming as Roosevelt. But, you know, why are we pushing for certain statues maybe to come down or be relocated or at least with a correct description of history underneath it? And like, these are kind of some reasons yeah. why. So in the U.S. there are around 780 Confederate monuments, which shocked me actually that's like a lot and it's across 31 states states which is interesting because only 11 states fought in the confederacy so between the 1890s and 1950s is when um, most of them were built exactly matching up with jim crow laws and the biggest spike happened between 1900 and 1920 um everyone knows that giant statues of people are there to be glorified and celebrated otherwise what's the point of a big ass fucking statue so that giant abraham lincoln in dc it's not there just because it's there to show his importance to the country and to be revered so its goal isn't to actually teach history it's there to put somebody in the spotlight we are highlighting a person for their for their greatness that's just how statues work um so if the point wasn't to glorify men that wanted to own other people as property why the fuck would you put their likeness in the center of a busy public square or in front of a state building uh clearly the message was slash is being sent um so most other memorials for Confederates before 1890 had been in cemeteries. Uh, the United Daughters of the Confederacy, which was founded in 1890, also suspicious, uh, raised funds to build these monuments. So they were basically responsible for the ma- mock Mount Rushmore. Um, you know that one? It's got Jefferson. It's just like Mount Rushmore, but it's got Jefferson Davis, who was the president of the Confederacy, Robert E. Lee, of course, and then Stonewall Jackson. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. It's it's like, um, it's I don't understand the fuck. Again, why would you put these men? That's not teaching history. Yeah. That is gl- you put their faces in rocks. Like, that's yeah. obviously <laughs> a c- very clear statement. Um, during the civil rights, dickheads fought against equality. Um, my guess was in other ways, but like, I'm guessing they literally ran out of space to put up more statues. There was just no more room. So in 1956, Georgia made sure to incorporate the Confederate battle flag onto their state flag. And I think there were other states too that had the fucking battle flag. And then for everyone to know, the Confederate flag we see today is not the official flag of the Confederacy. That's actually Robert E. Lee's specific battle flag. Anyway, onward. Um, So here are some incredible numbers that I think should really make you scratch your head and think. And remember, these people fought against the Union and lost. They were literal traitors. They killed 110,000 Americans. Just keep that in mind. Uh, Again, we have 780 monuments. So more than 300 are in Georgia, Virginia, North Carolina. We have 103 public K-12 schools and three colleges named after Robert E. Lee, Jefferson Davis, and other Confederates. 80 counties and cities named after Confederates. Nine observed paid holidays in the South. And we have 10 U.S. military bases named after Confederates. I, why are we doing this? Um, Another important thing to note is that the counties with Confederate monuments also had a higher number of lynchings. It's like when you have that mindset around all the time, you have this glorification and like, but it's not just a coincidence. And like, 
the statues are not representing history. It's representing a narrative. It's representing a cause, a lost cause. So at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, a dedication to the Silent Sam monument, which took place in 1913. Um, this is where a crusty old Confederate who fought in the Civil War, he gave a speech where he said that Confederate soldiers, this is his quote, saved the very life of the Anglo-Saxon race in the South. So he's still not talking about states' rights, not mentioning it. (laughs) He's mentioning the fucking skin color. So, but I'm sure it's just about preserving history. So Silent Sam was toppled over in 2018 because why the fuck does a college promoting truth and knowledge as well as critical thinking have a lost cause narrative lording over every single student walking through those front doors? Um, In an attempt to get rid of the statue, it was nearly given to the Sons of Confederate Veterans. I did not know this group existed. (laughs) Where the group would have given, they would have given the group $2.5 million to maintain this statue. Just not on the campus. Yes, they were about to pay a fucking... (laughs) They are almost, they're like a step, be, just one step before turning full white nationalist. Yeah. Like they are, it's not great. Because I went to this website, Laura, I went to it and I saw some shit. Nice. I'm disturbed with what I saw. So the Sons of Confederate Veterans website, girl, their promo video right on the front page. <laughs> I watched it and I was like, I can't. I watched the one video and I was like, I can't look at anything else on this fucking page. (laughs) So it's an old, sad sounding white man with somber music playing in the background as he dresses up in his fucking grays, you know, talking about what a noble enterprise the Confederacy was within the first literal 60 seconds. He brings up protecting monuments and how if they had known to worry about such things, they would have done something sooner. And that the group is a historical patriotic and non-political organization dedicating to ensure a true history of the 1861 to 1865 period preserved. So first 60 seconds that I'm like, you (laughs) boy, this covered a lot for them being non-political. It's like you literally started your, fucking video with fucking politics and if you're patriotic my argument would be you're automatically political because you're you are patriotic towards your government towards your country it's gonna get political anyway sorry that's just my i don't know my anger so okay this was a quote okay i could have quoted this whole video i was like my job was on the fucking floor (laughs) this is a quote from like i don't know some dude wandering around a fucking cemetery (laughs) So the citizen soldiers who fought for the Confederacy personified the best qualities of America. The preservation of liberty and freedom was the motivating factor in the South's decision to fight the Second American Revolution, a tenacity with which Confederate soldiers fought underscored their belief in the rights guaranteed by the Constitution. And then the video starts whining about removing Southern heroes and monuments. And I really can't take it seriously that we know the civil rights, or I'm sorry, oh my God, wow. The Civil War was about owning uh, other people as property and their romanticized version of a gold-coated turd. Like, I can't take it seriously. So the video pushes really hard about the motives of the soldiers. Like, they were only fighting for states' rights. Like, it was never about when it's like... But they just, you know, that 1913 dedication, he immediately talks about fucking race. But okay, sure. So 
This was from a uh, a curator at a museum, and I really, really liked his words. So this is, uh, I think it's out of Ohio. His name is Kieran Robertson. He's, this is his quote, or his little like snippet out of his an article he wrote. Um, Statues were put in the public sphere with an intent, and until that intent is over, they are not ready to be retired or interpreted. This means that the destruction, alteration, or agreed removal of monuments and statues is part of that monument's history. The removal of statues in the United States in 2020 and the conversation that followed will tell future historians about who we were in this moment. So we can't deny that these kinds of statues represent, uh, oh, I'm sorry, we can't deny that what these kinds of statues represented. As far as Teddy Roosevelt's statue is concerned, though, it seems a lot more subtle than a Confederate figure in front of a state building, but it still says a lot. So when you consider his own words, his thinking, his actions taken based on Um, On those words, the statue has a lot more of a story to tell. So the Roosevelt statue is going to be on a long-term loan to the Theodore Roosevelt Presidential Library, um, which is due to open in 2026 in North Dakota. So where, I think I said 2024 earlier, but, you know, because Roosevelt spent so much time in the Badlands there and, you know, they felt that the Presidential Library was a fitting new home and that you know, it could be more appropriately contextualized there. So that was pretty much it. I wish I could have done more, but as you can see, we've been talking for six hours and I'm still going. (laughs) So my sources are a Smithsonian article by Bridget Katz, uh, history.com, the New York times article by Robin Pogrebin. So sorry. (laughs) Smithsonian article by Kat Eschner, New York Times article by Michael Levinson, Washington Post article by Adele Suleiman, a Nat Geo article by Robert Draper, lots of info from splcenter.org, the horrible website of svc.org, and of course, I did watch, for the most, like, maybe like a couple episodes of the Ken Burns documentary on the Roosevelts. Huh. <sighs> Girl, huh. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I feel so much rage in my body. Yeah. Um... That's so. cool learning about. I've always, I've never really known much about like Teddy Roosevelt. I just knew yeah. like it's kind of like conflicting because yeah, like a, like you said, some people like think he was this great president, but then also I've heard yeah shit that he's done that wasn't that great, obviously. Yeah, and I I've only really ever heard good things about him. Yeah, or and like, but there's there's always this mystery yeah. surrounding these older presidents because we don't really repeat their words. Yeah. We just like highlight the good things that they did. Yeah. So you have a really skewed version, and it's like, I'm not saying we can't teach the good things. We should teach the good things they did. Okay, cool. You did some good things. We should equally teach the, the shitty things, things yeah. that they said and did, yeah. how it affected other people, why it mattered. Because like, I picture him in that... Did you ever see Night at the Museum? Yes. Yeah, so like Robin Williams? It? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just picture, like, that. Like, it's yeah. Teddy Roosevelt. Like, because, like, I felt like I was, like, a kid when I was watching it, like, younger but at least. Like, he oh. was kind of crazy. Yeah. You know? he They think he was, like, high-functioning, ADHD, you know, because he... They even show him in every single picture he's in, he has a clenched fist. And they're like, we don't think he was angry. We think he was just... Like, he always had to be doing something. Yeah. Like, he did not like sitting still. So when he had to sit there, he'd, like... <laughs> Start to shake a little bit, like get me out of here. It's like hold it together. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he did some good things, but when you hear the words yeah, behind the actions, like a... it changes it. Yeah. And it's like, why is that? Why is that so hard to to do? Mm-hmm. To just to just admit who he was. Like mm-hmm. he was yeah, kind like of a philanthropist, of... but a dick about it. Yeah. And it like taints the person. I feel like when you hear stuff like oh, this, like yeah. for sure. 
Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I understand why we want to keep our presidents like as these wholesome figures, but mm. it, like nobody learns, nobody grows. Yeah. We don't change anything if we just pretend like the bad shit never happened. So, you know, the whole thing of like rewriting history, they're rewriting history. It's like when you whitewash history, yeah. you've rewritten history. When you leave things out, you've rewritten history. Yeah. You've supported, you're guiding people on a path and, you know, it's like they've got blinders on. Yeah. They need to see the whole picture. So, yeah. It's yeah. like you only have half the history. Now we're getting... I feel like not even half, man. I feel yeah. like we're getting, like, <laughs> a quarter of the history. Yeah. And we're leaving out so much shit. Yeah. So, that's my spiel. I, I hope that they do keep the the sculpture. It is beautiful, but it, it is super offensive. Because yeah. it, it's that feeling of Teddy Roosevelt, this strong white man who's leading these primitive ne- uh, cultures into the future. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like the feeling behind it. And like I said, just with knowing everything I know now, it really changed how I looked at that at that statue. Yes, so, yeah. okay, Ooh. that was me. God, I'm so sorry. Um, okay. That was forever. So, dude, <laughs> we've been recording for 52 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, sorry, girl. Really short, or I could just... No, 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 do it. I'm so sorry. I just don't know how to shut the fuck up. No, it's okay. Mine is actually really short. I feel like okay. it's going to go so quick. No, cool. <laughs> do it, girl. So. Okay. Just a little. I said it was kind of interesting, but. <sighs> okay. We're still recording, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so today I'm going to talk about um, the serial killer Eugene Butler, right. also known as the Great Plains Butcher. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so, yeah, he was one of North Dakota's most notorious serial killers, and he was born in 1849. He was one of three sons born to, I do not know how to say this name, F. Ephraim? Have you ever seen it? E-P-H-R-A-I-M. Yeah, I think something like Ephraim, Ephraim, I think. Yeah. And Rebecca Butler. Um, his family was very prosperous, and they moved from Buffalo, New York, to Niagara, North Dakota at the age, well, at his age of 33 in 1880 with um, other people from New York. He ended up buying a farm, uh, three quarters of land that he bought in Laramore, and he maintained it on his own. He improved it quickly, and he built... And this was a quote, a substantial home. Uh, nice. He never married and he lived as a recluse, but apparently he had many friends. I don't know. I felt like I read so many articles about this dude and like they were very different from each yeah, other. So, yeah. But I just know he was like re- really reclusive. Like even if he had a lot of friends, like he tried to avoid everyone. So yeah, he just did his own thing. Um, he never married and he was kind of a lunatic (laughs) he's kind of crazy and a lot of people believed it was because he was so reclusive that he just was like always by himself starting to like get really crazy in his house yeah anyways uh he avoided contact with his neighbors and he only ever went out for business purposes in nearby larimore to hire farmhands to help him work during the summer months on his farm so after he moved to North Dakota, he began to so- show signs of mental illness, including suffering from hallucinations and paranoia. He thought that like invisible people was- were chasing him. He even refused to have his photo taken in fear that the camera would steal his soul, which now we know is true. Yeah. <laughs> Science was proven. Uh, he really started to get crazy as his mind began to deteriorate. To- <gasps> yes it's contagious <laughs> you have it too i'm just gonna fucking skip it um yeah he started to go downhill around 1906 
when he would get on, uh, he started like getting onto his horse at nighttime, and he would like ride around town, just screaming fuck? at the top of his what lungs. What the fuck? Yeah, and everyone was like, "Okay, <laughs> like something's wrong with him." So they started to consider him a public nuisance, and at the request of his family, they like got word of it. Um, they admitted him to the North Dakota State Hospital, and he was under the supervision of Doctor W. M. Hotchkiss. So, um, and this is something that was in the paper called the Grand Folks Herald, and they published it the day after he was admitted to the hospital. So, from brooding over the hallucination that all the widows and old maids in the county wanted to marry him, Farmer Eugene Butler became insane and was committed to the insane hospital at Jamestown. Butler is about 40 years of age, and he has lived by himself for years on a farm at Shawnee. He is probably the wealthiest man who has ever been committed to an asylum from this county, his property being valued at 40000 to 50000 In addition to the hallucination that all the women have designs on him, owing probably to its being a leap year, Butler claims... <laughs> I don't fucking know. Oh, is that because the rumor, like, you're allowed to propose marriage if you're a I woman guess, yeah. on leap year? What I don't the fucking fuck? know, yeah. Butler claims that men are in the habit of coming to his home during the night, forcing him to get up and dress and take long walks and horseback rides. So, this story, when it was published, um, they got, like, a lot of facts wrong. He was actually, like, 54 at the time, not 40. They said he lived in Shawnee, when really he lived in Laramore, but then other people said he lived in Niagara, so I don't fucking know. He lived nearby. Yeah, so it was in that vicinity. Uh, anyways, yeah, they just were kind of mocking him, writing crazy shit. Who's yeah. Um, so after he was admitted to the hospital, nothing too crazy happened. He would sometimes ask nurses, like, if people were, like, if they heard people talking about him, stuff like that. He was just paranoid. Um, they also said that when they went to his house to pack up his stuff, they found, like, more than $7,600 in cash, checks, and gold just, like, laying around, like, on the floors. Holy like, shit. Just everywhere in the house, which today would be, like, around 200000 Um, he was there for eight years without anything ever happening, and then he died on October 22nd in 1911 of phlebitis. Which, I looked that up, because I was like, what the fuck is that? And it said inflammation of the vein. Whoa. So. Okay. I, I believe it. I That's don't know what that freaky means. shit. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully these dates are right. I don't know. I'm Anyways, sure they're perfect. Yeah. So, after he died, um, because he was one of the wealthiest men in Niagara, his estates and holdings, they were, like, estimated to be around $1.5 million. Holy shit. Today. Oh. Well, still impressive. So, yeah. Um, he was even considered a founder and uh, because of this, his family, like, wanted to divide up everything. Um, mm-hmm. So it was split between his two brothers and his nephew and his niece. So in 1915, by the time everyone had begun to forgot about good old crazy Eugene, workers were sent to excavate his property for renovations because a couple by the names of Leo and Lottie Verkholen, I don't yeah. know, had just purchased the land. And they were excited for the start of their life together with their young baby, Victor, uh, Leo was part of a large and hardworking German family who had come from Appleton, I think it was Wisconsin, to the tiny town of Niagara to farm the rich soil of the Red River Valley. So as he and the workers had begun to dig around the foundation of the house, they made a horrific discovery. They found six human skeletons, oh, and shit. a story was published on June 27th in 1915, and the headline read, Six Bodies with Scold Crushed. <laughs> Six bodies with skulls crushed are found at Niagara, North Dakota, um, are believed to be the victims of Eugene Butler, an insane patient. And that 
the story read, Workmen excavating under a house occupied until a few years ago by Eugene Butler, who died in 1913, which I think is wrong, in, state insane, in a state insane asylum, unearthed the remains of six men. It is believed by the authorities that they were murdered by Butler while employed by him as farmhands. The skulls of each had been crushed, and the bodies had been dropped into the basement through a cleverly constructed trapdoor. Whoa. Yeah, like Sweeney Todd shit. And then a note from his doctor that was also included read, Remembers Butler. Dr. Hotchkiss, over the telephone last evening, said that he remembered Butler, but there was little about his case to distinguish him from the other insane patients. He showed great surprise when he learned of the gruesome find in the former home of Butler. The five bodies were buried in a hole that was dug from the outside of the house, under the foundation. The hole that he threw them in to apparently sloped downwards, so in order to get them down, Butler was forced to break the legs of at least two of his victims. Oh my um, God. Yeah. So all of the skeletons had their skulls crushed, most likely by a sharp instrument, and at least two had their legs broken, as I mentioned. Um, there were a couple of different stories and theories, and the initial theory is that five of the remains belonged to a family consisting of two women, probably housekeepers, and their children. Nobody in the neighborhood, however, ever recalled a family that had ever gone missing in the county, and the possibility of the families being Butler's relatives was also ruled out. Um, as he must have murdered them immediately upon entering his premises. Later, police revealed that all of the skeletons belonged to young men, one of them being a boy aged between 15 and 18. Mm -hmm. uh, some people also just yeah, believed that they were the work hands, but nobody really knows. They could never figure out like who these people were, why he killed them, uh, anything like that. Yeah. So, uh, when they examined the soil, no clothing was found. There was just no way to identify them. Um, so, yeah, they were buried naked. Uh, the only thing they did, I guess, was like an indicator is that one of the victims had a crooked nasal bone, so he most likely had a crooked nose. Huh. But they never figured out, like, who the fuck they were. Um, one man named Leo Urbanski was a wealthy businessman and a former saloon keeper from Minnesota, um, believed that his brother might be the single male victim whose remains were found at the Butler's farm. And I think when they say single, it's like they thought five of them were from that one family and then one was just like uh -oh. someone they didn't know. Huh. And uh, so this guy thought it was like his brother. I feel like I was decent. Huh? Huh? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Bless you. Ooh, now my eyes twitching. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he thought it was his brother and... He asked his attorney to send a letter to the state's attorney, O.B. Burtness, and it said, I have been requested to make inquiry concerning one John Urbanski, who disappeared near Niagara, North Dakota in 1902. The, la the last heard from him was a letter received by his brother stating that he was working for a bachelor near Niagara. The postmark showed that the letter had been mailed at Laramore. Uh, John was a young man about 5 feet 7 inches in height. He weighed 145 pounds, light hair, almost white, and light complexion. He was sometimes called John Miller, and such may have been the name he was called when working near Niagara. Yep, so um, apparently the bones of the victims were held in Grand Forks at the office of Sheriff Art Turner, but W. Day TV Fargo reported in 2016 that upon hearing of the crime, crime townspeople flooded to the butler home and they took the bones of the victims, Whoa. which... <laughs> What? I don't know like, why. Like, this is just recent times? Uh, I, it confused me when I was trying to read it, because all of these articles were just so, like, confusing. But, you want to um, know why? Because North Dakota is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. That's why. That's how I feel. I was <laughs> like, okay. But, yeah, that's... It confused me, too. I was like, wait, so in 2016, they... Yeah, like, that the sounds like, or... this, like something yeah. out of 1890. Like, when... 
I don't, you know, one of the murder podcasts, I think it's probably like my favorite murder, but where they talk about people running into the home and like stealing that fucking cake off the table. Like they just took, they ran into the home and like fucking looted it basically. Like, oh, this is ours now. It's weird. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, so nobody knows where the bones are today. What? So unless someone's grandma comes forward with the bones, like, (laughs) we're not going to figure out who the fuck these people were. Yeah. Um, And just to top it off, the original case files, if they ever existed, are missing, possibly destroyed or lost over the years. And the Butler home was completely destroyed, and today a workshop owned by an area family stands on the site. So who knows? Probably haunted. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the story of serial killer Eugene Butler. Um, my sources were um, Parkside Enterprise News, um, and it was just like one of North Dakota's wealthiest farmers, also a serial killer, and then GhostsOfNorthDakota.com, The Strange Tale of the Midnight Rider, and then. Um, some other weird website, <laughs> Y94.com, and it was trace, traces of, like, the horrific story behind North Dakota's most notorious serial killer. Yeah. But, yeah, that was... There we Eugene go. Miller. thought it was kind of weird. It was, like, he was kind of insane, and then they found out afterward that he'd killed all these people. And it yeah. Was kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, I bet he had <laughs> lots of friends. They probably went, man, people are always going to visit this guy. We don't really <laughs> see him leave, but there's yeah. always someone over there. <laughs> Um, yeah. Cool. Fucking North. I feel less. Look. Sorry if you live there. I mean, it can't be any lamer yeah. than Colorado Springs. But no, we have plenty of murder here. Yeah. You know? I had wanted to do that story you sent me. The, uh, wasn't there turtle? like a f- turtle oh, lake? But I felt like it was so similar to that lava lake murder. Oh, I did. really? That? Yeah. It was weird. I was almost like, is this the same one? I like went back and looked and then I was it like, no, it's not. Killer. Oh my God. We've just connected two dots. <laughs> Laura, we've solved it. We lava haven't solved lake it. Yeah. Turtle Lake. It's the Is there something there? Right. <laughs> Aliens. <coughs> um, oh shit, I'm probably going to smoke a little bit more. But <laughs> Oh my God, I wanted to tell you about our game night last night. Because, well, clearly we were extremely high yeah but we're playing gloomhaven and we have like dice on so like it's for markers to mark like how much health these little things have so we're slowly whittling them down right but like john is upstairs yeah for 10 minutes down here where he just hears us screaming numbers at each other <laughs> and he doesn't know what's going on and then like i'm so high i could not do the most basic ba- basic <laughs> <laughs> the most basic i said it um arithmetic like just simple addition subtraction i could not fucking do it and then at one point i don't know like the numbers are kind of in a u shape i don't know just to like one two three four five six so like you have six monsters that you're fighting maybe um and it's just for like the number that's on the character of the monster is the number that you like start marking down its health for, mm-hmm. if that makes sense to anybody that games. But uh, I was like, this number, why do we have a dice, like a dice on nine or a die on nine? And they were like, no, six. And I was like, no, 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 no. Why is there one on nine though? Like there's no monster with the number nine on it. And they're like, no, six. And I'm like, no, why do we have, <laughs> and I keep saying this and they're like, that that you're pointing at is the number six, not the number nine. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was, for some reason, 
I thought the number was upside down and it wasn't. I yeah. was just reading it. <laughs> I thought it was a nine. That's funny. Um, I'm humiliated. And then, yeah, we were just screaming numbers at each other and John comes down and all the numbers are all fucked up. He's like, what happened? And they were like, she was helping. And, I was like, and John... And then John actually experienced me trying to do the math. And then I was like, I need to stop. I cannot for one more second attempt. It's like, why do you guys keep letting me touch this? Somebody else do this. I'm clearly unfit to do like the most basic math. So yeah, it was Sounds fun. It was really stupid, man. We must have wasted 30 minutes on me just not knowing how to count. <laughs> um, anyway, well, shit, that's it. Uh, we should be back next sunday yeah. right yeah but now i'm realizing so. we're gonna have a brunch with like a D D brunch next sunday oh. so we probably can't record if it's if we don't do it on thursday yeah we'll do it thursday okay <laughs> and like it's cool man yeah uh i don't know worst comes to worst maybe we can record like monday night and yeah. we just release it then sorry you know i was actually gonna ask to be off on thursday just because there's like this like roller because it's saint yeah. patty's day right yeah yeah because there's like this crazy roller thing happening up in denver and i really want to go to it like roller skating oh, thing oh shit i forgot the power man 5000 concert is on thursday <gasps> oh girl that we're fucked fun. next week yeah. are you going to it? yeah <gasps> what what time it's, is it it's i mean it's probably like seven or eight yeah. something like that okay well yeah. maybe if i get off work we can it earlier so that would be cool but yeah, yeah if not i don't know Fuck, i was we'll gonna figure it out. text my boss to be honest, so. it's happening all oh, right okay it went away okay well anyone i'm sorry anyway um goodbye young ones and smoke weed every day smoke weed <laughs> every day all right bye bye <laughs>